The GameCube Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube Was Cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters for the month of September. Resident Evil Collector, Kirsten Cardinal, Joey Sirico, Jem McKay, Jed Winters, Ira Bell, Dan Wagner, and Christopher Valenz. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. I just want to say congratulations to your girlfriend. Uh, she has accomplished something that most people in Toronto will never achieve in their lives, and actually something that most Blue Jays will never accomplish in their lives is that she caught a baseball. <laughs> That's right, Neil. Uh, a baseball came to our section last night. It was uh, a couple of balls came uh, to us. The first one was just behind me. Guy tried to catch it, but he like tried to save his daughter at the same time. So, you know, respect to him. Uh, yeah. And he got hit in, the, in like, the neck. Ooh, that's yeah, it went a little, little farther behind me, so I couldn't get it. But I was ready. I was very ready for the next one. And it came to us maybe two pitches later, and I had my hat out. I was going to go for the reach. You know, it's it's hard to see <laughs> where the ball is actually going to land because uh, it's, it's a bit of yeah. a weird angle that you're at. And there's also tons of people around you. And friend of the show, Brian, he actually tried to catch it, but it hit off someone else in front of him, then hit his thigh. So he guess he's got a nice baseball Ooh. bruise right there and then rolled under the seat in front of uh, my girlfriend. And then she, uh, Brian told her, oh, go, go under. And so she just put her hand down and I just expected it to be long gone, either taken or rolled down farther in the seats. And she pulled it out uh, like a magician pulls out a rabbit from a hat. And there it was, the baseball. <laughs> Wow. Do you, do you, are you guys going to keep it yeah. somewhere? Like, is it going to be on display? It wasn't a home run ball, unfortunately. No. That would have been neat. It's a foul ball because you guys were sitting on the third baseline, which is still pretty incredible. I'm not sure if I've ever met anybody that's claimed to have caught or brought home a ball from a baseball game. Right. And I have probably gone to at least 100 baseball games, I think, in my life. I would say, yeah, that's, I think that's like a fair number, 100, 100 games. And I've never caught one. I've been close a couple times. But I've never ever caught one, so um, so yeah, it's gonna go on the mantle. It's gonna go. Uh, it's it's gonna be part of the Mike Lane uh, Memorial Museum. Uh, not dead yet, but very uh... nice. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you're creating your own memorial museum. I like that. That's funny. While you're still alive, you get to do the ribbon cutting. Do you remember when we used to bring like baseball gloves to baseball games? That's long gone. We should bring that back. People still do it. Oh yeah, people still do it. Just not... kids do it mainly. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was an amazing grab by a kid last time I was at the game who kind of, you know, uh, put his glove way out over the 200 section and uh, snagged the ball. And I was like, oh, my God, put this guy in the field. Yeah, really. Eh? Like, I'm always very impressed. It doesn't happen too often. But when a fan can, like, just palm it and they catch it. It's hard. Like, it, And it's also, like, coming a lot faster than you think. Yeah, like, like they look okay because they have a beer. They're probably half gone. But, like, <laughs> as soon as they catch it, it's like, you're going to feel that tomorrow, bro. Like, there's no way that, that that did not hurt. Like, it had to have killed to have caught that. Yeah, just the, even, like, that ball off Brian's off Brian's thigh. He said he was, oh. he was feeling it the next day going to the gym. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. That's going to hurt for weeks after that. <laughs> Mike, I've been getting into smoothies in a big way recently, which is kind of fun. I've always tried to do that, and I just never gave it the time of day because it's just too complicated. I have to mix and match stuff. Usually stuff tastes terrible when you mix it all together. So I found a way to like mix, you know, bananas and spinach and, and berries and protein powder. 
powder and peanut butter and whatnot, which it's been fun. I actually really like it. Very filling snack, but it got me thinking, are there any edible skins, cores, seeds, uh, et cetera, in fruits and veggies that you eat that most people would think are weird? Because like when mm. I put stuff into my smoothie, I, I still take the skins off. Like I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a cereal killer and I'm not eating <laughs> banana peels or anything. Um, but, but I'm sure that there's some skins that I eat that, that some people would find weird. For example, I love kiwi skin. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a weird one. That is a weird one because that texture is is very strange. It is, and it's extremely sour, kiwi skin, yeah. I, but I really do like it. And when I was in high school, I used to get made fun of for I eat the entire apple, which I never thought about doing that before in my life until Kramer from Seinfeld once <laughs> used that to pick up a woman at a party. He, he was telling her how he eats the entire apple, the, the core, the stem, the seeds. I don't eat the stem, though. I think that that's a little too far. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can eat the stem. It would not be good for your intestines. But uh... I don't know why you would want to. But are, is there anything there that stands out to you right off the bat that like you think is kind of weird that you eat or other people might? It's funny because uh, my grandfather used to also eat the apple in that same way. And he would mm-hmm. gross me out because he would, he would eat it all and then just pull out the stem from his mouth and show it yep. to me. And uh, I, I was like, oh, my God, that's so weird. But, yeah, for me, I... I sometimes will eat the uh, the skin of an avocado uh, because yeah. those uh, if they're really ripe. Now I got I, I gotta preface it with that. It's I will not eat a normal avocado skin. It's it's the ones that are pretty mushy already. That mm. skin is just it's basically just more of the avocado. People have asked me how it tastes. It just tastes like a harder to eat avocado. Why would I mm. want to eat it? Sometimes I just <laughs> I'm eating and I forget and I just have it in my mouth. I'm like okay, well I guess. I guess we're going the full full Monty here, yeah. but uh, that's that's I'd say that's one of them. Um, mm. I eat snap peas quite a bit, and I'll eat the actual outside of those. Now, snap peas and snow peas, very confusing. But snow peas mm-hmm. are the ones that are very thin, and those ones are made to eat. And right. s- snap peas are the ones that are quite. Um, there's like a lot of air in them, and the the skin is yeah. much thicker. Okay. Uh, and those ones, uh, uh, you're not really supposed to eat the skins, but, uh, but I, or I guess the, the outside of it, but, uh, but I, oh, do. you're not, you know, oh, interesting. You're not, it's not great for your digestion. Oh, you'd think it'd be better for your digestion. Usually when things are more fibrous, they doctors and, and dentists and whatnot would, uh, would tell you to eat more fiber, but I, I didn't know that I, I've always eaten the entire snap pea and snow pea. I get the names mixed up too. I yeah. just call them both snap peas. Yeah. One is just anorexic and one isn't. <laughs> that's kind of how you tell them apart. Yeah. It, the, uh, yeah, the, the bigger ones are just like, uh, again, it's, it's not that they're like bad for you or anything. It just, you, if you have too many, it's not great. You also kind of feel it because it's, it's uh, again pretty thick, very stringy often. Yeah. But uh, but you know I I can't be bothered to to waste that food. I wanna I want to put that in in my stomach. No. Yeah. Just just eat it. Just shut up and eat it. I mean it's not toxic. I hear people say all the time that apple seeds are toxic. It's only if you eat like a cup of them. <laughs> yeah, you have to eat a lot. A bowl of cyanide <laughs> apple seeds every day. Yeah. There there's uh, I think banana peels are are actually toxic to humans. I think so. Yeah. They taste like they taste like a shoe though. I don't know why you'd want to <laughs> eat that. That doesn't even taste good. Like you can't even you can't give the argument that a banana peel tastes like the rest of the banana. No matter no. how brown, black, or yellow that banana peel is, you can't oh, God, no. you can't not taste banana peel at that point. And, and I yeah, because I think there's there's not really a lot of of things that you can like because like you can't eat watermelon rinds. You know, like, just like just mm. can't like uh, you can't eat the core of a <laughs> you'll explode. <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat like the whatever you get like the 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 corn on the cob. You can't eat the cob. 
No. <laughs> like, pigs no. can. That's what you give it. You give those to the pigs, but we yeah, can't. Yeah, p- pig, pigs can, absolutely. And I've seen, like, hippos eat watermelon rind, but I'm not strong enough uh, nor <laughs> my, smart enough to, to st- eat a watermelon. My stomach would hurt so much. Oh, God. <laughs> I, would, I, would hate, I would hate to see the bathroom the next day if you ate an entire watermelon rind. Oh, jeez. <sighs> Mike, I got a question for you that'll lead us into the topic of the show for today. Would you rather be really smart or really strong? And now when I say really smart, I don't mean like you can't trick me and say like, oh, I'm going to create the best workout plan ever because I'm so smart and also become the strongest person on the planet. I see. I mean like Hulk strength or like like Jimmy Neutron level uh, smartness. Mm, so so I don't have any powers with the smarts. Is that what you're telling me? No, you're just really smart. And you can tell which one I'd pick because I just said smartness of Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> so I don't even know if that's a word. Well, I, I, um, I would because because, you know, I would only pick the smarts. If I um, if I could have some telekinesis with that or mm. some kind of force abilities, if I can become Darth Vader in some way. I just mean more like, you know, you're really intelligent with like maybe business or science. Like you understand physics, you understand chemistry, you understand economics, things that most people find I incredibly difficult. I can commit tax fraud. Yes, you can commit tax fraud, which mm, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that you would use this power for good. But sure, you can also commit tax fraud. And when I say really strong, I don't mean to the point where you can lift the planet. I just mean like being able to bench like. 500 pounds you know like a decent like a, a, an insanely above average decent amount so, uh, i mean i would like to win a gold medal in weightlifting that would be pretty cool so uh you know and uh uh show up everybody just like pick it up with one hand <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty cool so your your choice is to go with strength definitely strength because uh mm. strength at least it feels like you're you're kind of a superhero in that sense uh sure. smartness is that you're just smart and you don't have again you know i'm not darth vader and that's all i want to be neil i have a mm. very clear-cut path for my career and if i can't be <laughs> darth vader with my force abilities then i'm just gonna be really strong with the hulk do you think if emperor palpatine was alive today he would be on linkedin <laughs> what's his linkedin bio <laughs> do you think you have to apply to the galactic empire via linkedin if star wars was set in today's world like how do you think he hires all those stormtroopers it's gotta be there's gotta be some kind of star wars version of linkedin i would also go with strength though as much as i would love to be darth vader i just want to be able to lift things competently i'm already fairly strong I, i'm not like insanely strong i can lift a decent amount but i'd love to be able to deadlift like 500 pounds which isn't even that much relatively to like the world's strongest man so i guess i'd like to deadlift like 5,000 pounds there that'd be go. pretty fun I, there we go. I, I like to think uh, I like to think Palpatine has all his you know uh, he's done all his LinkedIn courses. Uh, he's he's also he's also now he has the um, the little badge that says open to work. <laughs> he also occasionally posts like really inspirational videos of like stray dogs being adopted and becoming you know real dogs or whatever it is that stray dogs do. He posts the copy pastas of I I started my business with thirty dollars uh, and uh, and no one helped me out and look where I am today. Uh, it's all through the hustle and all. <laughs> <laughs> it's Emperor Palpatine in front of a whiteboard, picture drawn in with a laptop with a dollar sign on the screen. It's it's Emperor Palpatine self-help seminars. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that'd be so funny. I'd love to have Link- Emperor Palpatine on my Real LinkedIn. estate investing with mm. Emperor Palpatine. Invest in real estate. On the moons of Endor. Do it. <laughs> Mike, I think it's time for our favorite segment. What do you think? I think it's time for our mailbag. mailbag. But for the first time since we've started this favorite segment, there is no mail today. So I'm just going to awkwardly transition straight to the opening of the episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 65 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on every major podcast service. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 312 games. You can visit thegamecubeiscool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. 
The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's him. Actually, with Jimmy Neutron as well. He helped, you know, obviously. That's the greatest website of all time then. A little bit of jet <laughs> fusion thrown in there. <laughs> Last week, we covered F-Zero GX to celebrate the 18th anniversary of the game. Can't believe it's been 18 years and almost 31 years of F-Zero in general. This week, we are covering Jimmy Neutron games and our memories around the movie, the cartoons, the memes. Jimmy Neutron was a huge Nickelodeon franchise for a solid... Two to three years, I would say. Uh, we loved the movies growing up, and then the TV show came right after it. So, Mike, let's talk a little bit about our Jimmy Neutron memories before we start talking about the three GameCube games today. I love Jimmy Neutron. When I was a kid, that was definitely one of my favorite shows that I would watch. That and Fairly Odd Parents, and then, uh, of course, SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. Those three often, I think, were on like back to back as yeah. well um, on, on TV. Uh, here in Canada, and uh, all Nickelodeon properties, gotta love it. Mm -hmm. uh, there was also the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. I don't know if you remember that, Neil, but that was when they did the crossovers between Fairly Odd Parents and Jimmy Neutron. I do. That was a really random couple of episodes where, like, yeah. Timmy Turner would show up in Jimmy Neutron's show in that computer generated art style, and then vice versa. Jimmy Neutron would go over to the Fairly Odd Parents universe in that art style. Same voice actors and everything. It kind of started to create like a multiverse of Nickelodeon characters, which they really dive into in the video games. Not yes. the Jimmy Neutron standalone games, more like the uh, the, the Nicktoons, the Volcano Island uh, yeah, games. Yeah, Nicktoons Unite. Yeah, the Nicktoons Unite series, which we have covered uh, on a previous episode earlier on in the year i believe it's episode 35 or 37 it's the nickelodeon episode the nickelodeon episode exactly so it was really neat uh, a neat time for nickelodeon really probably the last era where i i could be biased now because i definitely aged out of nickelodeon in in this generation but i i honestly feel like the mid to late 2000s was the end of the nickelodeon's sort of peak from like the 80s, the late 80s until really 2003, 2004. That was really the time when they had the best IP coming out on a regular basis. Every show that they put out seemed to hit. Yeah, that, that SpongeBob money definitely helped them out in creating a lot of these new shows and also giving a lot of these shows the green light to kind of do whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jimmy Neutron is a bit of an exception here because a lot of people forget that Jimmy Neutron, the movie, came before the show, which is, mm -hmm. I believe, the only Nickelodeon property that has done this. Uh, almost every time we have uh, a show that comes out, you know, maybe has three or four seasons, we put out a bunch of tie-in movies to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, not just Nickelodeon, but like any franchise, really. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of something else where the, the movie comes first and then Mash. the show. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I guess so. The, I was the, the, the classic, show. the classic Nickelodeon TV show, Mash, <laughs> came out before the show. But I actually heard that the Jimmy Neutron cartoon was actually cheaper to make because they already had the the technology in place from the film because the TV show uses the same animation technique and the same animation technology as the movie did. So to transition mm. from the movie to the show was actually seamless and cheap to do. Where when you make a show, you have to put all the production, at, you have to put all the uh, production budget into making the studio, hiring designers, hiring illustrators, animators, and voice actors. This one, they kind of got all of that out of the way early by making the movie first, which not that the movie was free to make it, it cost them $30 million to make it, but then the movie grossed over a million dollars worldwide. So they made that money back and then some in order to fund the TV show. So it was actually mm -hmm. a very risky move on Nickelodeon's part, but it paid off very well for, for Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad they did it that way. It just it's always funny because everyone just assumes that the movie came after, but no, it was uh, the movie was first. And I do, I do love. I, I watched Jimmy Neutron this week to to go back to it to research it and remember some of these sequences because in my mind the animation was kind of always put me off. It, it wasn't 
Yeah. The, it was pretty weird, you know, it's, the it's, CGI style. It's Monster by Mistake, if you remember that show, but a little better. Like, it exactly. feels like it's, yeah, that, that's a very awkward show if you go back and watch it now. It wasn't too bad. Like, like I, it was it was worse in my mind than it was in practice. They actually did a pretty good job with the animation in terms of uh, the lip movements and the, the character's facial expressions, which was always a, a tough one in Monster by Mistake. Mm-hmm. I I I, uh, I forgot how much I love Jimmy's dad. <laughs> yes, he's he's honestly the best character in this show. He's very good. I haven't I haven't gone back and watched enough of it, but I remember him being a really good TV dad. Nickelodeon were so good at making TV dads. Like you instantly think about Timmy Turner's dad, like with Dinkelberg. It's an Dinkelberg. ongoing an ongoing meme, and like SpongeBob had a few with SpongeBob's parents and Patrick's parents. They were just <laughs> so good at, at nailing. Uh, just dad stereotypes and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jimmy Neutron was technically not a movie first. It was, the concept is actually quite old, uh, dating back to the 1980s, uh, where there was a script titled um, Runaway Rocket Boy, starring a prototype character for Jimmy uh, and Johnny Quasar. And uh, this idea was obviously abandoned for 21 years. And uh, in 2001, um, they, they got the green light. Nickelodeon gave the creators the green light to create a very short um, animated demo, basically, of what was later called Jimmy Neutron. I believe it was thir- uh, 40 seconds long and maybe a, a, a first episode, about 13 minutes long. And they decided to green light a movie over the show. Um, so the movie ended up coming out on December 21st, 2001. So the idea for Jimmy Neutron was actually 21 years in the making. Wow. And it technically did have a show before the movie, but it was it was more of a tech demo than the movie. Yes, yes. The actual serialized cartoon came out after the movie did. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I did not know that. 21 years in the making. 20 years in the making, which is really amazing to think. And it makes sense when you go back and watch the movie. Like, it kind of has an 80s feel to it. Yes. Yeah, it definitely does. And, and I, yeah. I like that was definitely on purpose, too, to make that mm-hmm. that world seem, uh, you know, because it always gave me that uh, uh, the Goonies vibe a little bit, you know, with his friends and, yeah. and inventing things and, and going off in almost like a... A bit of a Stand By Me E.T. vibe as well. Yeah. It uh, definitely has that 80s feel, which I love. I think that's one of the reasons why I do love the the, the movie and the TV shows so much. Yeah, the, mo- the movie was a sleeper hit, to say the least. And it was it was actually nominated uh, for Best Animated Feature in 2001, but it lost to Shrek, which that's a tough movie to go up against in 2001. Yeah. But up until that point, that was the only animated Nickelodeon film to ever be nominated in that category uh, until in 2011, Rango was nominated oh. and won. I didn't know Rango was a Nickelodeon film. I, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's the movie with uh, Johnny Depp uh, voicing a, uh, a chameleon. Yeah. It's actually a really good film. I love that movie. Uh, but then the show, the spinoff of the show, uh, ran from July 20th, 2002, and ended on November 25th, 2006, totaling 61 episodes. Uh, and then there were spinoffs after that, uh, based on Sheen, Jimmy Neutron's friend, which ran until 2013, which is nuts. I had no idea. Yeah. Can we talk about Planet Sheen for a second? That sure. thing is awful. Is it? Uh, I, yeah. I don't know if you've seen this uh, before, Neil, no. but uh, also it running to 2013 is kind of a not realistic thing because it, 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 I think half the show was put on hold and then they put the other half out in 2013. It oh. only has one season. Um, it's, mm. uh, it's wow. not, it's not a good TV show. It's, uh, they use a character called Doppy, uh, this alien, which is literally Carl Weezer. If you look up Doppy, it's just like, they use the same model <laughs> for oh, no. Carl, use the same kind of voice. I'm like, oh, come on guys, try and be a little original. Um, oh, it was it's just a classic case of a spinoff. Uh, not being very good, which often happens. Uh, and yeah. uh, why did they choose Sheen of all people too? 
I don't know. I think he kind of appealed to the younger audience because he was goofy. He was wacky. He was very, very physical comedy. Like he was. But there's so little you can actually. It's like having a spinoff with Kramer uh, yeah. for like Seinfeld. There's so little you can actually do with it mm-hmm. because he's always just going to be this like very singular, one-dimensional character. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not creative enough to think about that. I don't. I think that they should have just left the franchise as is with its cartoon, its movie, and its four standalone video games, as well as Jimmy Neutron appears in nine different Nick Party games. As of recording this, we're waiting for the Nick All Star Brawl game to announce their final roster. Uh, so we'll see if he's got to be there. He's got to be there. Oh, now. he's got to be, man. I'm. I'm so hoping that Jimmy Neutron is in there. Um, Jimmy Neutron's dad would be my first pick. Uh, Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> It's my number two. Jimmy Neutron's dad would be fantastic. So let's jump right into the games that do exist, Mike. The first game on our list for today is Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, released on December 17th, 2002, almost exactly one year after the movie came out, which is interesting. It was developed by Big Sky Interactive, published by THQ and Nick Games. It's also on PlayStation 2, Game Boy Advance, and Windows. It rates a 5 out of 10. The Game Boy Advance version is a little better with 8 out of 10, actually. All of the Game Boy Advance versions of these games we're talking about today did very well. Uh, Price is at around $25 today, and it would be considered a 3D platformer. Before we jump into the game, though, let's talk about Big Sky Interactive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Neil, I got a lot on this. Okay. So so I had heard of Big Sky Interactive before from... Uh, God knows where I just remember the name coming up. And uh, when I saw it on the list here, when we were going through the episodes or some, when we were going through the games, uh, I thought, Ooh, big sky interactive. Like let's look these guys up. Uh, I, I want to know more about them. Uh, well, there is a uh, like 50 minute documentary on YouTube. If you want to learn more about them, uh, please check it out. Uh, it's called the true story of big sky interactive by who needs normal uh, on YouTube. It's a fantastic documentary and uh, we will definitely be referencing it a lot in the SpongeBob episode mm-hmm. because uh, Big Sky Interactive, they only made two games. They made this Jimmy Neutron movie tie-in game and they moved, they made SpongeBob Revenge of the Flying Dutchman, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the worst of the five SpongeBob games that came out for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. But apparently this studio was an absolute gong show, Neil, <laughs> in terms of just, you know, how how they were creating things. They were poorly managed uh, the the employees were really mistreated um they went bankrupt in march of 2003 due to the t- due to thq actually blacklisting them i was looking at the studio today mike and there's no chance that this studio was not made for laundering money <laughs> right <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm pretty convinced that it was honestly because yeah. how do you get blacklisted by thq of all places it's difficult um, to do what happened was that all these games that the thq had them developing they were all in development hell uh, for a long time, and some of them had some horrible problems. Uh, Flying Dutchman, which we will get into in the SpongeBob episode, uh, it even had a load glitch that caused players to lose their save files. Yeah, uh, which is just unacceptable, obviously. But not only were the games broken and janky and just didn't straight up work, they were also very short. Like the Jimmy yes. Neutron game that we're talking about today, uh, from start to finish, two hours and just six levels. Only yeah. has six levels. Yeah, very short. Which you could have gone away with that maybe in the NES era to make a kids game that's that short, but on GameCube when you're charging maybe a budget title, it might have been forty bucks, thirty bucks, but like that's still way under the uh, the industry average at the time. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And uh, their games all have really repetitive music. Uh, uh, sometimes the in the Jimmy Neutron game, the the tracks will kind of replay themselves because they're, mm-hmm. they're so short. So you'll kind of hear it almost. It's, it almost feels like. 
uh, it's like Spotify on a loop and then the track dies out and then it replays itself again. It's like, mm. oh my God, really? You only have one track in this area? Um, there, Yeah, you said really short. Uh, and there's also tons of glitches, mainly mm-hmm. due to the fact that both these games were rushed games for Christmas 2002. And that is really why they, they look so bad. Because honestly, I think Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius was a PS1 game that sat in development hell for so long. Mm. Uh, uh, and they just had to put it on PS2 because at this time, uh, they already, you know, PS2 was already out for a full two years, I think, at this point. Yep. So uh, it, it just looking, you know, because this game looks terrible, Neil. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is a kid's game, like, in all intents and purposes. Jimmy Neutron was appealing to kids probably 12 and under, I would say. But even then, like, we've seen some kids' games that look terrific. Like, Dora the Explorer looked pretty cool. And we haven't talked about it yet, but the game, the Curious George game on GameCube yeah. also looks like fun. I don't really like the trend that... Uh, cartoon tie-ins and kids games got in this generation where it seemed like graphics took a huge hit and gameplay too like the game graphics aside does not look fun to play at all well neil i actually played this game this week do you own it uh, no i don't i emulated it because i do not want to give any money to this game <laughs> you're not giving it you'd be giving money to like a video game store go to anc games Mike. yeah yeah i'll find my i'll, I'll pick up the jimmy neutron game as long as hugh neutron mm. is on the front with his okay. ducks the, the alternative cover of course <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i i got to play this game you know because i saw a bit of the footage of it and it you know visually looks just atrocious it, it it's basically akin to the the fairly odd parents game the first one i believe that we talked about which also looks really bad uh this game the gameplay did not save it at all i didn't know what to do oh good almost ever <laughs> um so because you kind of just get dropped into this world it, you're in this um this overworld to start the game and basically the entire time this is where you are uh, and it's a collect-a-thon mostly okay. and there's a bunch of these mini games that you play to unlock more things because you're trying to collect uh six items i believe you're trying to collect a ultra lord figurine mm-hmm. which took me back yep. uh you're trying to collect a fish a rocket a snake a genie lamp and a pair of te- like a, a pair of dentures or teeth okay. and those are kind of on your um your hide most of the time so you know what you're looking for but to actually get to these places, uh, it was very confusing. The camera didn't move when you're in the overworld, which is always a good thing. Uh, <laughs> and because I was expecting this to be like the movie. Yeah. But it doesn't have anything to do with it. It, it, it I got serious uh, Monsters Inc. Scream Arena vibes here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's weird for a movie tie-in to come out a year after the movie. That was pretty strange for the GameCube generation. A bit more normal in the N64 generation. Famously, GoldenEye came out uh, a year or two after the movie came out, so that was interesting. But the plot of the Jimmy Neutron film is kind of like all the parents have been abducted by this random race of chicken or egg aliens, and they have to save them by making rocket ships out of rides, and I don't want to spoil the movie too much, but it's a really fun kids movie with an excellent soundtrack. The plot for the game is that the evil king Goobot has abducted some of Jimmy's friends, so Jimmy must begin an intergalactic quest to save them. While progressing through various locales inspired by the movie, players need to solve puzzles using an assortment of gadgets. Also included are various mini-games to play with an amusement park, as well as hidden movie clips. Rugrats and Spongebob trailers, character bios, and movie trailers can also be unlocked. So it doesn't match up with the movie at all. That's the uh, plot from Wikipedia that I could find. There's also a bonus feature that you can find in the game uh, mm-hmm. that includes a behind-the-scenes featurette uh, hosted by Nick Cannon. Oh, wow. <laughs> which okay. is so random. Uh, I, That's funny. Yeah, so a lot of it was very hard to get through. Some of the minigames were 
okay. Like they they were at least different where Monster Sync was just dodgeballs. Uh, at least here, <laughs> you know, there was a two D bullet hell, which was interesting <laughs> to have in a Jimmy yeah. uh, a Jimmy Neutron game. There's a like a three D lava platformer, which was almost impossible to get through. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, uh, and I did enjoy riding uh, Goddard. Uh, the dog, okay. because sure. he turns into all these different, uh, I guess, vehicles almost. Uh, you can play him as a pogo stick. He's a skateboard in one uh, section. And my favorite section probably of the entire game was uh, playing him as a scooter uh, and like mm. riding him around because that scooter rips. Like it went really, nice. really fast. <laughs> so you could do like a, like some kind of tricks within the overworld. And all I could think while I was doing it was like, this should not be the most fun part of this game. <laughs> <laughs> Goddard was like the unsung hero of the Jimmy Neutron universe. Yeah. He's so cool. He's like a multi-purpose tool that he transformed into things. Very neat. I was actually thinking while looking at this game, it, other than Ikaruga, is this the only 2D shooter on the platform? No, there's a Chaos, uh, Chaos Field Chaos or whatever Field. that is. I guess so. There's only like less than five, and it's only a mode in this game, granted. But like, still, there aren't too many 2D shooter modes in many GameCube games. No, we 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 had Space Raiders, which was a 3D uh, Space yeah. Invaders shooter, which is one of the no. worst games ever made. Uh, yeah, let's not bring that. <laughs> let's not bring that back up again, Mike. But the voice actors do come back from the movie to reprise their roles, except for Rob Paulson, who Rob Paulson's a very well-known voice actor. We've brought him up a bunch in the past. Maniacs, uh, Pinky and the Brain. And he was also Carl on Jimmy Neutron, but for some reason he didn't uh, lend his voice to the console version of the game, but he was on the PC version of the game. Uh, the PC version of this game is actually a little bit better, I believe. It's developed by Aw Games, A-W-E. Uh, it's more of an open world game compared to the console games. Um, you play as Jimmy and you can explore Retroville and the buildings within it. You can use phone booths to fast travel. Uh, there's things to collect all around the city. Um, so this is actually really, that's actually the game that I would have yeah. wanted. And that's what I want from every single cartoon tie-in, almost like a Simpsons hit and run of the Jimmy Neutron world. Oh, it it looks really good. Like there there are parts in the uh, console version where you do get to go in the house and like a little bit of the neighborhood. But this is like very seamless mm. that you can go through the house, neighborhood, school, other places from the movie. And yeah, yeah, totally remind me of Hit and Run. Uh, there's an actual plot in that game. And uh, yeah, Ralph Paulson, who most likely realized that the console version was going to be trash and uh, took his yeah. name off and put it on the <laughs> PC version. Um, Ralph Paulson, I think he does a bunch of other minor characters as well, other than uh, than Carl. Because you, okay. I noticed it like immediately that this was not Carl's voice. It was bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, so there's other ones that just didn't sound right. Like, Jimmy, uh, he sounded fine, but uh, the mm -hmm. voice actors just, like, they had no direction, clearly, because they're just kind of mm -hmm. saying the lines, and it feels mm -hmm. like there's a couple times where they didn't cut it properly, because they, like, <laughs> I can almost, like, hear them get cut off. Like, now that we do video, uh, now that we do audio editing uh, mm -hmm. all the time, you know, we, we pick up on audio editing kind of mishaps a lot more. Yeah. And I definitely was picking up on some here. And then when I read about Big Sky Interactive, that was one of the things that they would drop the ball on constantly was that they would just they wouldn't give the voice actors any direction at all for these games. Yeah. Luckily for Big Sky Interactive, they probably didn't have they probably thought they were going into this game without too much uh, expectation from anybody. But then the movie ended up being a huge hit. Yeah. Which is such a shame because this was Jimmy Neutron's first crack at the bat for a console game. And it obviously fell flat on its face. 
But there is a silver lining uh, to this game, and that is that the PC version is actually pretty good, and the Game Boy Advance 2D game yeah. is actually okay. It looks very basic, but it still looks like it's a functional game, which is what you want in a video game. Yeah, where so, this one isn't. <laughs> right, exactly. So, listeners, if you want to pick up Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, just avoid the PS2 and GameCube version and try and find it on Game Boy Advance and Windows. Mike, we do have two more games to cover today, but before we do, let's read the back of the case for Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Let's do it. All right. But first, Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. Blast off. Initiate contact with another galaxy and launch a makeshift satellite into space before breakfast. What in the world will the rest of the day bring for Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius? It's up to you to find out. No, it's not. It really isn't. It's not up to me. It's just about uh, just about collecting things. And, oh my god, Cindy. I forgot about Cindy for a second. Uh, so Cindy is in this as she is. Uh, also, first off, Cindy is a piece of shit. I oh. hate Cindy. Uh, oh, this is a family show, Mike. I'm going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> she's the worst. She's like, she's DW level for me, Neil. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's annoying. She's very annoying. And in the game, in this game, her mission is to find her dog who has gone missing. Okay. Well, Neil, the uh, the dog, of course, is mere steps away from uh, Cindy. And uh, uh, that mission took me about six seconds to complete. So 50% of your playtime of the game was spent <laughs> finding Cindy's dog. I thought okay. I broke it. I thought something went wrong. <laughs> and then I, I, I watched this video by Mind Pulp. Uh, check them out. They have a great YouTube collection and they talked about Jimmy Neutron in it and I watched their playthrough of it after I played through and uh, I they had the exact same reaction as me. So I was mm. I was happy with that. That's good. I think it's a unanimous decision across the internet that the first Jimmy Neutron game was a bit rough, but they do get a little bit better. Starting with The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius Jet Fusion was released on September 16th, 2003. It's developed by Chrome Studios, published by THQ and Nick Games. It's also on PS2 and Game Boy Advance. The PC version, they retired off the first game. Uh, it rates about a 6 out of 10 today, priced at around $15. Now, this game is based on the animated TV series that we've talked a lot about, as well as the direct-to-television film Operation Rescue Jet Fusion. Yeah, I remember this. Uh, this was technically like one of those long episodes that they put in, uh, yeah. like the, the hour-long episodes or whatever they would do, like a featurette. But um, I remember this episode. It was uh, obviously influenced by James Bond. This was in this five-year period between Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig, where a lot of studios were kind of making their own James Bond-style yeah. games. Uh, think of Spy Hunter, which we'll, mm -hmm. we'll be talking about in a future episode. And I mean, Gex. even Nightfire, uh, Gex, <laughs> even Nightfire wasn't a, a real James Bond tie-in. It was its own original game, too, right? So this that era was a bit of an interesting time for spy, the spy genre. And, uh, and mm. you know, Jimmy Neutron did it really well with Jet Fusion, who's, you know, basically James Bond. And yeah. <laughs> uh, the the whole idea in the movie is that uh, Jimmy is going to save him because he's his idol. Uh, they actually watch him, Carl and Sheen, actually watch a uh, movie within the movie, uh, mm. which is called Die Again Tomorrow Forever. <laughs> <laughs> which just combines like four James Bond titles together. That's really clever. And I like the that. Professor Calamitous, who is in uh, uh, Jimmy Neutron uh, as one of the main villains, he comes back here. And he's the main villain in this one. I always love Professor Calamitous, one of my favorite villains. Uh, uh, and do you know who voices him? No, I'm trying to think. If I, I haven't seen that episode in forever. Who, who is it? It's Tim Curry. Really? Yeah, it's our oh, boy. Tim love Tim Curry. Space. Space. Love Tim Curry. 
It from or Pennywise from It. Nigel Thornberry. Nigel so. Thornberry. He's in Clue, one of our favorite films. He's already in the Nick universe here. So uh, yeah, seeing mm. him as Professor Calamitous, uh, uh, which was, that was amazing. I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. I, I honestly awesome. did not know that. But uh, that's amazing. Yeah, the the movie itself uh, actually holds up really well. Um, it's kind of like a, a legit uplifting story about you know meeting your heroes and kind of awe inspired by it. Uh, and the game, however, uh, just like the first one that we talked about today, the game did not follow the story at all, which is really no. too bad. No, yeah, like you're describing the movie and it sounds amazing. The plot for the game is not terrible. Uh, Jimmy has an assignment to write a book report and he decides to invent the virtual world reproduction machine, also known as the VWRM, a device that will show the class what the book is all about, like a movie. Uh, Jimmy places the Jet Fusion book into the machine and it malfunctions, thus turning Retroville into a virtual world. So not quite as cool. I would have loved to have seen a Jimmy Neutron James Bond game, but still yeah. being played in the third person, of course, where you can see Jimmy and Goddard would fit right into the James Bond universe with some, you know, kooky missions, maybe traveling the world. All the gadgets that he makes, too. Like, in this game, he does make gadgets, of course. And they sometimes are for spy purposes and for stealth missions, but it's it just not the same. They didn't do it in a great job uh unfortunately uh chrome studios made this game so it wasn't mm-hmm. uh big sky this time because they had been bankrupt uh, at this point <laughs> and uh, and blacklisted <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so chrome studios not a bad dev australian dev they made a couple of spyro games uh, that we will be talking about uh next week actually uh and they also made the tie the tasmanian tiger games which were relatively well received so mm-hmm. they they've done some okay work and you know they this this game is a very okay game. Uh yeah. I did like how the menus were kind of uh gadgets everywhere, you know, they're kind of coming in like it's like these like screens. Yes. I'm like okay, that that's very entombed this series. It's very Jimmy Neutron-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh I I didn't love how the Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius movie tying game their menus kind of sucked they just were like very very standard menus yeah with no care in them so clearly chrome studios attempted to to do something a bit more in in that universe and you can definitely see the inspiration from the games that they did before like you said that they did tie the tasmanian tiger and like spyro and you can see that with like there's levels in in jimmy neutron uh jet fusion where there's a lot of like jungle based levels where it's very lush green and blues which, which looks really neat not something that jimmy neutron ever really went into in the shows i don't think they usually stuck with retroville and space occasionally yeah um so that that was neat to see and then there's actually like boss fights in this game like there's an underwater submarine level where he fights like a giant octopus yeah which is different yeah did i mention there was no boss (laughs) boss fights in the last game so (laughs) yeah no time for that and there are underwater missions in this game which we don't usually love in video games but it looks like that they're fairly short and the controls look somewhat competent, so yeah, that's okay. The controls are pretty tight, and yeah, graphically, the it is miles ahead of the last game, uh, yes. but basically where you would expect it to be in 2003. Yeah, and this since the show is a CG animated TV show, it's quite a bit easier to... It's basically a downgraded version of the show yeah. as opposed to a 2D cartoon, which is a lot more difficult to, uh, to translate into a 3D field. Uh, they had a lot more to work with and it was just a lot easier to translate over to the GameCube graphics as opposed to something like SpongeBob or Simpsons, which would have had a lot more work to be done. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Definitely. All right, let's read the back of the case for Jet Fusion and we'll move on to the last game of the day. 
Got a jet? When Retroville ends up in a world of trouble, there's only one person to call, Jet Fusion. And when he's been captured by a diabolically evil mastermind that never finishes what he starts, you can call on Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Um, yeah, they're... It scored. Uh, I don't think we actually said the the ratings like where it mm-hmm. scored for six out of ten on Metacritic for the GameCube version, which is decent. I think the Game Boy Advance version did get a better rating, like you like you said for these other games. Yeah. Um, the um, uh, there is a really good video on this particular game by Nitro Rad, fellow Canadian content creator. Uh, from mm-hmm. Nova Scotia, if I if I remember correctly, uh, he does a lot of these games, these Jimmy Neutron games, and this was one that I watched uh, ahead of time, and uh, you know to to learn a bit more about this uh, this game and remember the the, um, uh, the the movie as well because I did love that movie, mm-hmm. um, and kind of his takeaways from it at the end was that uh, the biggest problem with this game is the fact that it doesn't even try to be a James Bond parody. It, it just tries to be another in a long line of mediocre licensed platform puzzle solvers. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, like we said at the beginning of the of this game's review, it would have been a lot better to have had it be a, a James Bond clone, like a third-person James Bond. They just can't make it too gritty because it is, at the end of the day, meant to be a kid's game. So just give, me, like, missions give and, me some stealth missions. Give me some more the gadgets that I can make, you know, uh, even like have Jimmy Neutron look like um uh like look like a, a james bond almost that would be cool like because uh, in the movie he does kind of put the jet fusion i guess style clothes on so that would have been kind of cool yeah it would have been but uh, i don't think that we're ever going to see a jimmy neutron james bond crossover game mike i think this is about as good as it's going to get damn it and that's not the last game on gamecube that we got we also had the adventures of jimmy neutron boy genius attack of the twonkies was released on September 13th, 2004, developed by THQ Studios Australia, published by THQ and Nick Games. It's also on Game Boy Advance and PS2, rates the same as Jet Fusion, 6 out of 10. This game is a bit more expensive, though, at $25. The plot of this game, it is based on another episode. Uh, In this game, the player controls Jimmy, surprise, surprise, in a quest to save Earth from the alien Twonkies, using gadgets and inventions. Although made after the Jimmy Neutron episode, Attack of the Twonkies, levels are designed with the same mechanics as the film, including a rocket and the theme park Retroland. This just makes me angry that they didn't make a movie more based on the film. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what was going on? I mean, like, they just kept making these these uh, games based on episodes again and again. Like, it was really strange to have, first of all, we had a ton of movie tie-ins, which seemed to be normal. We didn't have a lot of episode tie-ins where video games were based on episodes. I'm trying to think of another show that did that. I know that we haven't covered a lot. Like, we still have to do Codename Kids Next Door. That was what I was lo- thinking of, yeah. Yeah, that one is maybe based on more TV shows. And then there was, like, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. But you're right, even SpongeBob isn't, you know, SpongeBob games aren't really based on specific episodes at all. They're kind of just in that world. Mm-hmm. They, they did quite well and maybe that partly influenced these games to say oh hey we can kind of just like live in this world and people will enjoy it which is not true for for smaller game or for smaller universes i guess like uh, like a jimmy neutrons um mm-hmm. where like uh, spongebob the movie for example is pretty mm-hmm. closely tied to the movie if i can if i remember correctly it's almost beat for beat the movie yeah, yeah and I, I don't i i understand that a lot of times the devs don't get the scripts or don't get uh, the characters or any kind of licensing agreements uh, until maybe like nine months before uh, right. the the game is supposed to go out. But I don't know. I, I, I think there's just there's something to be said when it's actually, you know, tied to the movie that you just saw or the episode that you just saw. We talked mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago about how King Kong 
was you know such a part of of that movie experience and peter jackson wanted it to be part of that movie experience and rather than right. just being a, uh, a just another movie tie-in that you buy off the shelf and forget about forever mm-hmm. yeah and like this one did improve on the other one a little bit in that the graphics maybe look a little bit better they like there's good. a bit more there's a bit more going on in the environments and actually the twonkies actually look okay so like those characters are fine so the enemies on screen look good the characters actually look a little bit better like in the cutscenes. yeah maybe that's just my brain telling me tricks and like i'm just just because the game's older i assume it's better but it really does look a little sharper than the previous games this is one of the first situations where the game boy advance version actually reviewed worse than the console mm. version so uh, if you are going to be picking up uh, the adventures of jimmy neutron attack of the twonkies avoid the game boy advance version the ps2 and gamecube version is actually the way to go um but it's it's just too bad like i would have loved to have had a game based on the film because that's really where i fell in love with the franchise i watched the show on a regular basis like you said it was very much tied into the the couple hours there after school where we had spongebob fairly odd parents jimmy neutron danny phantom was also thrown in that mix that was kind of like the that was like the cool club of nickelodeon for the 2000s so he definitely fit in there it's just that the movie was definitely where he shined the brightest now, Neil, the uh, first mission in this uh, in this game is actually a, a kind of like a Star Fox mission. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, uh, the, the, I thought of you as soon as I was watching gameplay. I was like, "Ooh, Jimmy Neutron's in space without a uh, yes. without a space suit because you know why not?" Uh, <laughs> and he has to go through. He's got to smash asteroids. It's it's kind mm-hmm. of like an on rail shooter in that in that sense, which uh, I thought was pretty cool. It definitely is. It definitely is an on-rail shooter. This actually looks exactly... I'm watching it right now. This looks exactly like what I would want from a Star Fox game. So, Nintendo, if you're listening, <laughs> check out Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, Attack of the Twonkies, opening level, and uh, take a few notes, because this is what Star Fox should be in 2021, just with uh, Fox and Slippy and Peppy and Star Wolf, of course. And maybe throw Tim Curry in there, too. You, it can't hurt to throw Tim Curry into Star Fox at this point. It never hurts to throw Tim Curry in here. Um, the one thing I did like about this game... I think more than the others was that it wasn't such a collectathon as right. most of these other games were, especially the first game is only a collectathon. Um, yeah. And the second game that we talked about uh, with uh, Jet Fusion is it's, it's not as much, but it's a little, at least a little more. Uh, there's a little more exploring you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. And then in Attack of the Twonkies, it's, it's a lot of exploring. You actually get to be in uh, his house a lot and kind of walk around explore the area, actually understand the universe a little bit more what the PC game for the original movie was supposed to be or what is. Uh, mm-hmm. And and yes, Neil, uh, Hugh does make the, the appearance that I've been waiting for. Uh, okay. Jimmy's Jimmy's dad, Hugh, with his ducks. Uh, uh, and <laughs> I, I, I kind of forgot that he loves ducks so much and he has all his, yeah. like, his duck collection. I forgot about that obsession too. That's funny. Glad that they brought that into the game at least. Another fun thing about the game that we talked about a few weeks ago with Pool Paradise actually that this mm. game does fairly well is that the arcade, you can actually interact with the arcade games, yes. which is really neat. So you can play basically 8-bit games. Like there's brick-breaking games and there's asteroid-style games and space invader-style games. So uh, there are very few like arcade experiences on the GameCube outside of something like the um, the flashbacks of, uh, what is it, Atari Flash or Intellivision Lives. Yeah. Like there's... There's different collections here and there, but there aren't too many where like you can interact with like an arcade in in game. So that's actually pretty neat. That's a it's just a pretty neat thing that they didn't have to include in the game. But uh, here it is. It makes the game feel slightly open world, almost like Red Dead or something. Yeah, I, I love when they do stuff like that. Honestly, uh, in yeah. games, it always makes it feel like it's more, it's more immersive as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, it, and it gives you it kind of puts you more into that that world, and and also just something something else to do. 
which mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of. Like in Red Dead, I'm playing poker most of the time, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and I think if I and if I, I think if I picked up Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, Attack of the Twonkies, I would be most likely to go to that arcade and just play this brick breaking game, which is what I'm watching right now. It's it looks really neat, and I love brick breaking games. They're some of my favorite games of all time, especially on a BlackBerry. That's where they're best. <laughs> uh, but what's really neat is that if you look on the screen, you can see Jimmy Neutron's reflection, like he's the one playing the game, as that exactly like you would be able to see your face on an arcade cabinet if you were playing a brick breaking game so it just makes it a little more immersive so there actually are quite a few redeeming qualities of this game specifically in the arcade mode yeah i mean this game you know it did score 63 on metacritic for the gamecube version it got a 69 on the playstation uh too so nice uh so (laughs) uh, that's the number we want and uh yeah so the highest obviously of all these games so far uh Mm -hmm. uh, you know what this game really reminded me of neil uh what's that it reminded me a lot of Luigi's Mansion. Really? Yeah, just okay. with the gadgets and the way he's going after the Twonkies, it kind of reminded me mm. of Luigi going after the ghosts. Mm. The The whole gameplay itself and, and the ability to kind of go anywhere 3D-wise, uh, yeah. I, I I really got those Luigi Mansion Luigi's Mansion vibes on here. I can respect that. I'm looking at it right now. The shadows also look pretty interesting. Like, yeah. It looks like the, a lot of this game takes place at night. You're yes. inside, close corridors, inside of buildings, houses the arcade so i can definitely see that it it does have that kind of funhouse aesthetic to it not quite as polished as luigi's mansion even though this game came out two or three years later but yeah that's a good uh good comparison i never even thought of that there is also a space invaders to go back to space invaders uh there is a space invaders game uh, on the arcade in here that uh, i forget what's called they, they call all the games something that like something else that they're actually yeah. not uh, oh uh, yoki yoki and defender that's what okay it is. Yeah, fair enough. It's basically Space Invaders, and it's basically Brick Breaker. So, yeah. Mike, before we move on to the end of the episode, shall we read the back of the case of The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, Attack of the Twonkies? That's a long name, yes. <laughs> and I have said it multiple times in this episode. I, 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 for, I keep forgetting that the show is called The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, uh, mm-hmm. and the movie is just Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Yeah, they had to separate themselves from the movie, I suppose. <laughs> just weird that they kept that moniker through the entire game series. I think we know who Jimmy Neutron is <laughs> we, at this we, point. We know he's a boy genius. You don't need to tell me that again. <laughs> what if they did that with all their shows? Like The Adventure of SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom. <laughs> Twonky Trouble. Big Twonkies equals Big Trouble. When ferocious alien Twonkies take over, only one boy genius can save the day. Jimmy Neutron is back, and now he must find new gadgets, create all new inventions, and save Retroville from Twonky terror. There's also a Frogger game in here, too. Mm. Just one I, with, with You play with squirrels, and the squirrel has to take his oh. nuts over across nice. traffic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor squirrels. But Mike, from the list of games that we went over today, are there any here that you would suggest the listeners out there pick up? Well, if you are into Jimmy... <laughs> I was going to say Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> if you are into Jimmy Eat World, pick up Bleed American. Great record. It's 20th Definitely. anniversary this year. But if you're mm. even more into Jimmy Neutron, then mm. I would say Attack of the Twonkies is definitely a good pickup. Uh, if you can find it for 20 bucks, I would go for it. Just honestly, more so for the arcade experiences in this game than anything, because yeah. they are really fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But the game itself is is a relatively fun game. Uh, I I enjoy I I didn't actually play this version, uh, but I I did enjoy watching gameplay and researching it because it, it seemed like the everyone had had a pretty good experience with it. Nintendo Power actually gave this a two point five out of five, which is 
I think way too low. Uh, for, uh, also, it's Nintendo Power. There's they're meant to yeah. sell games. So, yeah, I know. I don't uh, know why they'd give anything a low score. Maybe a three at the lowest is probably fair. I would give but... this a solid three out of five. Maybe a little higher, depending on how I'm feeling that day, and depending on who I'm uh, recommending this game to. But yeah, I would probably say Attack of the Twonkies, or if you can't pick that one up, try and find uh, the original movie, uh, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, uh, the PC version of that uh, game, because that looks like a ton of fun and a very hit-and-run-esque experience. Yeah, definitely of the games we talked about today, the PC version of the first game looks like a lot of fun, uh, but if you are picking up a GameCube one, Attack of the Twonkies is probably the way to go, I would say. 20 bucks is fair for a game like that. It's only a six-hour experience, and you're going to spend most of that most likely in the arcades and looking for jokes about Jimmy's dad. Uh, and I highly <laughs> recommend, of all those things, that you definitely check out the movie. I'm not sure where you can watch it these days on any streaming services. Um, I checked on Netflix the other day, and it wasn't there. I own the DVD, so uh, I'm sure you can find DVD copies of it at your local thrift store. I think Paramount um, Paramount Plus or whatever that, that streaming service is, I think they have it. Paramount has a streaming service? Yeah, I don't think we get it in Canada, but oh. in the States they get it because I believe Paramount is owned by Viacom, who also mm. owns Nickelodeon. Makes sense. So yeah, go out there and check out the movie uh, if you haven't already. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably saw it as a kid. Definitely targets the millennials uh, born between 1990 and 1995, I would say. For the future of Jimmy Neutron games going forward, though, I would say, I mean, there's never <laughs> going to be a standalone Jimmy Neutron game what? again. My God, that would be the biggest twist ever. It seems like Nickelodeon have definitely started to lean into the whole, you know, Nicktoons Unite uh, theme of their yeah. games where they're kind of having everybody come together uh, to Kart Race, to uh, the upcoming Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl game, which we're actually fairly excited about. Uh, I, I said back in our episode um, about Nickelodeon games, uh, episode 37, if you haven't already, go back and check it out, um, that I think Nickelodeon IP are some of the most mishandled properties in all of TV and film. Absolutely. Combined. Uh, it's just such a shame how many of these characters they've let basically die over the years, like Rugrats, Hey Arnold, uh, Doug got sold off to Disney, so that doesn't count. But even the older ones, like uh, Ren and Stimpy and um, Rocco's Modern Life, which a lot of folks out there love, and like the the kids that were in the 80s and even the early 90s have no way of really enjoying these things except for the occasional Netflix remake. And, you know, it seems like even our generation now are starting to feel left out, and I don't think kids growing up now have any uh, any big tie to Nickelodeon anymore. Like right now, it seems like the only thing that we get are just okay SpongeBob episodes, terrible yep. movies every four years. And then uh, this random, like, you know, iCarly's getting rebooted, which is weird. Or <laughs> not a reboot, but it's basically coming back, which yeah. I guess is fine. And then every so often, we get just an occasional reminder that Cat Dog was a thing. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a, it's just so sad to see all of these amazing cast of characters die. And then even with this All Star Brawl game coming out, like, it looks like that they're doing pretty good so far with the cast like there's you know spongebob patrick is there i'm sure the ninja turtles are going to be there raptar from rugrats is going to be there so i really hope that they dig into their history a little bit more which is what i hope that they were going to do with nick kart racers but it was mainly just ninja turtles and spongebob characters which was too bad yeah. so that, that's where i'd like to see jimmy neutron going forward is, is ha let him have his place in these party games with nickelodeon characters and hopefully these games are good because i'd love to see him in a kart racer and the all-star brawl game uh, is that how you're feeling, Mike, about Jimmy Neutron uh, in current day? Is that how you want to see Jimmy Neutron represented in video games? I think so. I mean, you know, because like you said, he's not getting his own standalone game. Uh, I can't wait no. for Hugh's uh, own standalone Ooh. game. It's going to be Duck Hunt by Hugh. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, That'd be great. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's going to be in Kart Racers. It's going to be in this, like, the, the new Brawl, All-Star Brawl coming out. Mm -hmm. I would love 
to see a Nicktoons Unite come back in some way. I think that's that would be a great thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Nicktoons Unite, I believe the battle for Vol- Volcano Island was actually quite a good game. Had a bit of that X-Men Legends feel to it, where you get to mm-hmm. control a team of people. You're all working together. Uh, l- when I was a kid, I did love Nicktoons Unite because the ability to play as Danny Phantom, uh, Fairly Odd Parents, SpongeBob, J- uh, Jimmy Neutron, all together in one area, that was pretty incredible and something mm-hmm. that you really don't see very much anymore for this cool crossovers. You know, Disney has the ability to do it, and they do uh, do that in some uh, instances, but they never really seem to go full with their crossovers, right. uh, mostly because they don't want to tarnish their brand identity. But um, uh, Nickelodeon has been pushing for a while to have a lot of these, you know, a lot of these crossovers. And as a kid, like like I said, the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour, that was a crossover there. Right. And so I think we were just kind of used to it <laughs> at yeah. that point. Uh, and Nickelodeon has kind of waned on that uh, ever mm-hmm. since. But they, like you said earlier, they are getting back into it with these games. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask you, Neil, who of the characters that are currently not in Nickelodeon All-Star, Bra- All-Star Brawl? Because, you know, this is basically the closest thing we're getting to a Jimmy Neutron game. Um, yeah. Who would you love to see? in here other than Jimmy and Hugh, because you know, those, those guys got to come in. Uh, I'm just yeah. going to list off the characters that are already confirmed. That's okay. SpongeBob SquarePants, Patrick, Sandy, uh, Leonardo and Michelangelo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Lincoln and Lucy loud from the loud house, which I don't even know what that is. I don't Do know what that, that show is. is. No, uh, Re- Reptar from Rugrats, Helga from Hey Arnold, Zim from Invader Zim, uh, Ren and Stimpy and Powder Toastman from the Ren and Stimpy show. Uh, Oblina okay. from Ah Real Monsters. Don't know what that mm-hmm. is either. No. Uh, Nigel Thornberry from Wild Thornberries. Danny Phantom from Danny Phantom. Uh, Aang and Korra from Avatar and Legend of Korra. And then Cat Dog from Cat Dog. Is there anything else you really, really would want to see in this lineup? I would love to see Cosmo and Wanda in there. I think yeah, they'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like Ice Climbers from Smash. This game is going to constantly be compared to Smash. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and say it. Cosmo and Wanda would be great. I love those two characters. I think that they're just such a great dynamic of mer- marital humor. Like for in a kid's show is really good. Cosmo's an idiot. Wanda's like, not naggy, but she's like the smart one between the two and always giving Cosmo a hard time. Uh, and they, they would have an amazing moveset because they're a pair and they have yeah. magic. So Cosmo and Wanda is an easy choice for me. Uh, how about you, Mike? Do you have any character in there you'd like to see? Is that Jurgen? Is that his name? Uh, from Jorgen von Strangle. Jorgen von Strangle. Uh, that, he would be a really good character to include. Good, good choice. I think it's funny that we both went with Fairly Odd Parents characters. Of course, because Fairly Odd Parents are great. Uh, yeah. I'd also like to see Fairly Odd Parents like, Heaven as a stage. Uh, oh. That would be really cool. Almost, I'm Very thinking good. like pit, like pit stage in um, in in Smash. <laughs> are there any stages that you can think of that you would really love to see? Oh, jeez, let me think. Uh, yeah, Drake and Josh's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't get Drake and Josh in the game because I think Drake Bell is in some hot water right now legally, and you also can't get live-action characters. Maybe you could get, like, superimposed characters, uh, like Mortal Kombat style in the game. I think that would be hilarious. Uh, yeah, that would be, like, the dream stage for me. It would be Drake and Josh's bedroom. I would love All-Star Brawl to, like, get big enough so then we can include crossovers of other cartoon franchises that aren't even Nickelodeon. Like, imagine Nickelo- Nickelodeon oh, versus uh, Cartoon Network. This could be the start of like, something. I would pay big money. Yeah, versus Cartoon Network, versus Hanna Barbera, oh, yeah. versus Warner. Oh, like there are so many. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm just my mind is going now. Like Nintendo has taken over the the video game crossover fighter genre. Let's let someone take over the cartoon fighter genre. 
think it's ready, man. I, I don't. I, there for the taking. It's, it's there for the taking. Maybe Nickelodeon All Star Brawl will be it. But Mike, one last fun fact today about Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Carlos Alasraki, I'm definitely not saying that right, is credited as Mr. Estevez, who would be known as Sheen's dad to the common folk. And now Carlos is also the voice actor for a famous dragon, Spyro the Dragon to be more specific. And that leads us perfectly into next week's episode. So why don't you let the listeners know what we're talking about next week? Well, Neil, before I do that, actually, I, you might have missed this, but that's a, a, a very cool reference because... Mr. Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen's real name is Carlos Estevez. Wow, that's an insane coincidence right there. That's funny. Emilio Estevez, you know, it's his, yeah. his uh, brother, Martin Sheen, is Ramon Estevez. I think that's his actual name. I wonder if they ever picked up on that. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I'm assuming they did that on purpose. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, it ties very well to Spiral, which we're covering next week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next week's episode, episode 66, featuring Charlie Sheen, is the Spyro episode. (laughs) And we'll be talking about the Spyro games that were on GameCube, which they're not good, Neil. We're just going to say that right now. They are not good games. There is a lot of history there with how the IP was bundled, very much like the Crash episode. Honestly, this is just going to be like Crash 2.0. Uh, where we're talking about the original Spyro trilogy, which is an amazing trilogy that so many people grew up with and so many people have so much love for. So we're going to be talking about those games. And then later on in the episode, we're kind of going to quickly go through the GameCube editions of of Spyro because they are just not great games at all, which is too bad. No, the GameCube generation was a tough time for the little purple dragon, but the PS1 generation was definitely his uh, his high point, uh, to say the least. I actually did not play those games back in the day since I did not own a PS1, but the Spyro Reignited trilogy is a terrific collection of games. I picked it up from the library a few weeks ago and was pleasantly surprised by the quality of the game and the 3D platforming elements and just looking around for, for gems and coins was just really addictive. So very excited to talk about it next week with a few guests. Um, so definitely come back and check us out. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 65 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. We are The GameCube Was Cool. Then you can follow us on Instagram at The GameCube Pod. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Charlie Sheen. Mike says hi. <laughs> thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Brain Blast! Got a blast! Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. Game.